Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you haven't subscribed, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Click that button. Share the podcast with your friends. Send them the links. Let them know what's going on. It's the best way to support it. And uh, if you want to follow on social media, at that Curious Jones, send a message. Let me know where you're listening from. I see people from all over the world. I actually had somebody from Australia send a message the other day. It was pretty cool. Appreciate you people. My guest today is an entrepreneur who is focused on the construction industry. And he does a lot of things. He's got a pavement company. He's got a coaching school. He's got a lead generation business kind of marketing company. He's got a podcast. He's authored books. And uh, I've come to know him. We work in the same building together. And he tells me stories from time to time. And he told me one the other day really about how his life wasn't always like this. And that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, he had a breaking point and he made some choices and he changed things. And uh, it's been very successful for him. And I wanted to have him on because I think this, uh, you know, it's a message that resonates. There's a lot of people that you know, share insight and coaching and, you know, a lot of people looking for that type of information and advice. But this is somebody who I know has actually done it. He's changed things and he's made those improvements and I can vouch for him. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. He shared a lot of good stuff and I think it's practical information and you should go follow him on social media, go to his website. If you're somebody that's into the trade industry, which it's an industry that we need more people in. And uh, I think he's got a community of people that uh, has become very valuable and you should check it out. Give it up for my guest, Brian Hess. But before you enjoy this episode, make sure you go to drinkaction.com, that's action spelled with a K, and order your favorite specialty roast coffee. Sign up for a subscription. You'll get coffee delivered freshly roasted whenever you want can set it up to come every month, every two weeks. You can add active, which is hemp and turmeric, which reduces inflammation, improves joint mobility, overall health and well-being. It's great for pain. I take it instead of ibuprofen. You can also get apparel, but go to drinkaction.com. And if you decide you don't want to do a subscription, well, you can still get a discount. Use code word curious. You'll save 15%. And uh, Enjoy this episode. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the opportunity, man. It's good, definitely good to be here. And you are correct. We've probably had uh, 17 episodes recorded or should have been recorded already that haven't been. So looking forward to this one. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I was thinking like, how am I going to start this off? And I think it's certainly going to be important. I want people to understand, you know, what you do. Um, you've got a successful, many successful businesses. Um, I know you're impacting a lot of other people and you've given me a lot of great advice and things that I've been able to draw from. And I appreciate that. And so, you know, there's a world of individuals out there that you see that provide motivation and inspiration. Social media is full of it. You know, we all have experiences, collective experiences, um, things that we've been successful at, things that we've failed at, and we can share those with people. And I, I think you have a really great story that if people are out there listening and they're trying to find, how can I get out of a rut? You know, like I, I'm not happy with where I'm at today. I, I've made a lot of mistakes or whatever the case may be that you can turn that around. And if you put focus and practical effort into it, the results can actually come a lot quicker than I think a lot of people would expect. And so I want to get there. Um, but maybe just if you, if you would, you know, kind of give a little bit of overview as to what you're doing today. And then, you know, maybe take us back to that conversation you had with yourself in the mirror. What was it like, you know, 15 years ago or something like that. So yeah, yeah, it's been a while, man. It's uh, it's been a great run, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to to kind of tell everybody what I do, and then uh, walk everyone back through the journey. Right? It's it's always, I think it's healthy to kind of talk back through it. Right? Make sure you talk back through it, but don't live there is one of the keys that I always say. 
Uh, and the other thing that I'll say up front is, you know, you, you use the reference to a rut. And one of my favorite quotes is the only difference between a rut and a grave is the depth of the hole and how long you stay there. And uh, I think, you know, my journey to get where I'm at is really a, a definition of that, right? An example of that. And so today, uh, you know, looking at it from the outside in, you know, I've got multiple companies. So I own a partner in the pavement group. I've got several partners in that business. National Asphalt and Concrete Company. Uh, so we are a pretty large company. Um, we started that company three years ago, so it's been growing exceptionally fast. Um, it's been an incredible ride. Right around the same time, I opened Top Contractor School. So that's an educational program and platform uh, that trains hundreds of contractors around the world, most being in the United States and Canada, but some overseas in Europe too. Uh, and, you know, I opened that right around the same time as the pavement group to kind of help the contractors that help us, you know, we, we partner up with contractors across the country. And so I wanted to bring training and innovation and training and technology and leadership into the construction space. And so started that company right around the same time. And I, I always say that, you know, I didn't realize just how crazy that was to start both of those at the same time until way down the road. I'm kind of glad that I didn't realize it was that crazy at the time. Uh, and then I'm a partner in a company called Lead Revenue that uh, provides digital marketing services to all different kinds of companies, but uh, we're heavily focused in the contractor space. So uh, most of what I do from a business ownership standpoint is all in the construction space. Uh, and I love it, man. I, I say this all the time, but I, I get to wake up every day and I genuinely love what I get to do. And I love who I get to do it with. And, you know, many, many years ago, uh, I couldn't have imagined that this would be what I get to do every day, right? And uh, kind of what you're talking about and, and alluding to that conversation with the guy in the mirror, uh, some people that are listening that, that maybe are followers of mine might have heard this story, but most probably won't, won't have heard it. Uh, so 2009, man, I was, you know, just uh, broken, you know, divorced, by by most people's definitions, by the way, if you can paint this picture uh, from the outside in, I was I was successful. You know, I've always done well financially. Um, you know, from the outside in, I probably looked like a fairly happy guy, uh, but inside I was broken, man. And I I was looking, you know, at all the different things that that I was doing, and I was like, man, I just got to this point where you know, my whole life growing up, I thought, man, I just want to have a family and I want to have kids and. I want to be married. And I had these dreams of, you know, owning a business someday and, you know, just had this idea in my mind of what my life was going to be like. And, you know, that day in 2009, man, I was nowhere near that. You know, I was, I was uh, in the bars, drinking, partying, doing all the things that people do to, you know, kind of cover up the fact that you're broken or lost or not on the right track. And, you know, I remember sitting there thinking it, I got to such a dark place, man. I remember sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, if I wasn't here, you know, would anybody even care? You know, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily suicidal, but that's, that's a thought that's pretty dark, right? That's yeah, not a happy place. And, and I remember sitting there thinking, and I was, I was sharing this with you the other day, but you know, I remember what album I was listening to, what the feeling was, where I was laying, what the colors were around me. I mean, it was that vivid in my life. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, after, after a few hours of just, you know, wallowing in that victim mentality, just thinking to myself, like, not me, man, you know, this is not going to be the way that my story goes. And I started thinking about all the things that I was blaming other people for all the things that, you know, I'd gotten to that point, you know, looking at all the things that other people were doing wrong. And for those people who are listening, who maybe have been in this place, it doesn't mean that other people haven't wronged you, but it does mean that you have to take responsibility for your part of it. And most people have a hard time doing that, truly taking accountability for your part in it. And, and I remember sitting there thinking the first thing I have to do to get out of this rut, man, is really look myself in the mirror and take responsibility, right? Understand that the common denominator between all of these uh, relationships, the divorce that I have, bad relationships, uh, you know, all the trouble that I was having in my life, all the darkness, there was one common denominator, right? I was present in all of it. And <laughs> I remember- you, Why do you think like, cause that you're so right, man. Like, like there's something about the human psyche or the personality that 
doesn't allow us to want to go that way and have that like self being like very brutally honest about yourself. Right. Yeah. It's, it's something that uh, is not normal. I don't think for people, because I think that from, you know, a young age, man, uh, society, generally speaking, is looking to blame somebody else. And so I think that we're programmed to that, right? Like we're programmed of whatever is coming at us. And so uh, that day, man, changed my life. You know, I remember thinking to myself, you know, this isn't how the story's going to end, man. I'm not, I'm not going to give up on all these dreams I had my whole life. I'm not going to give up on, you know, how hard my parents worked to create opportunity for me, uh, you know, to be able to live a better life to have the opportunities that maybe they didn't have uh, growing up. And, you know, this isn't how the story is going to end. And, and slowly but surely, man, it didn't happen overnight, but slowly but surely over a period of years, uh, I made moves in my life that put me into better places, right? And, and started to shed some of those things little by little that were causing me a lot of problems, you know? Uh, and over a period of time, man, I, I've, you know, poured myself into self-development. Uh, I used you know, that time that I used to spend in the bars drinking, I'm reading books or listening to podcasts or doing the things that actually help you in life. You know, I'm having positive conversations instead of the negative conversations that people have gossiping about other people or whatever it is. And, you know, I've learned, man, over that period of years, you know, I was 2009. So, you know, 12, 12 plus years ago, I've just learned that, you know, the quality of your life is based on the quality of decisions that you make. And, you know, if you make better decisions, man, your life cannot uh, get worse. Uh, you know, I like to say you can't wake up every single day and do all the right things and get the wrong result. It's just not how it works, right? I've been around a lot of successful people, and it comes down to making good decision after good decision. It doesn't mean you'll get them all right, but as you choose to put yourself in better spaces with better people, better opportunities, and you continue to do the things that actually produce great results in your life and actually produce fulfillment. You serve others, you help others, uh, and you do all the right things. Life comes to comes together uh, in a ways that you can't imagine were possible when you were in that place thinking that you were never going to have any of it. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with Ozzie Smith years ago. Um, my brother and I were in St. Louis. I was uh, at the frontier league spring training and tryouts for uh, like playing in that, in that league out there. And his son was actually there <clears throat> and he was sitting up in the bleachers and there, there wasn't fans. It was like a closed workout. And he was obviously they let him in. Right. And I saw my brother who was like up in the stands, kind of like sitting there, talk to him, like, who the hell is he talking to? And I like go over there and walk up and sure enough, it was Ozzie Smith. And the one thing that I really took from the conversation was, you know, he said the hardest thing about playing major league baseball wasn't getting there. It was staying there. And everybody always says, man, it must've been really hard to make it to the major leagues. And he's like, it's, it's not the case because especially with the amount of games that you were playing, the just amount of opportunities to fail and how often you do fail the margin for error. And he even like got into his attributes and how he wasn't necessarily the biggest and strongest guy. And he had to kind of make up the differences and he had to put ultra focus into absolutely every pitch, every at bat. And that was exhausting. And he's like, people don't understand how exhausting it is to stay at the top. And uh, you know, it's, I think that translates whether it's sports or business or, successful relationships. I mean, you have to focus on all those little things, those aspects of your life that make you successful for the long journey. Yeah. If you don't experience exhaustion, man, you're probably not headed to anywhere. Great. I mean, that, that, that's just a fact, right? Uh, Jim Tressel, the former Ohio state Buckeyes national champion coach. Uh, he has a quote that says it's exhausting to be great. And you know, it, it is, uh, you know, those, for those people who are listening, who, you know, might be in that place that's, that's dark, you know, and you might think, man, what a, what a tough climb it's going to be, or what an exhausting climb it's going to be to get out of here. Uh, I would challenge you to flip your thinking and think how exhausting is it going to be to stay? 
What do you think the like main reason was that that time you changed your trajectory? Cause I'm sure there was other moments where you were sitting there and instead of having this like enlightening moment, you were like, well, like you said, you're like, Hey, I'm going to go to the bar tonight. I'm going to go do something other than kind of make that change. Like, is there anything you can contribute it to at the end of the day? Or is it just it happened? I think there's a combination of things, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer that, you know, rock bottom and that has a subjective definition, but rock bottom is an incredible springboard. Uh, I say this to people all the time when they say, you know, man, I'm afraid of losing my business or I'm afraid of losing my house. What if this goes wrong in my business or what if, what if, what if, and I always say, man, rock bottom is an incredible springboard. You know, if you had to start over tomorrow, how much more would you know if you had to start over? Right. So I think, you know, for one, I've never been afraid of that in my life. I've never been afraid of, you know, kind of starting over. And I think for me, man, that, that, you know, that day I just had an immense amount of clarity, right. That the, the clouds kind of parted and I saw, you know, what the potential of my life could be in that moment. Um, I can't point to one single thing that it was probably a combination, man, of just, you know, feeling bad day after day after day and getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. And, you know, at some point just saying, I know that I'm built for more than this. And I think we all have that voice, you know, when we're in that place that's challenging or dark or whatever it is, we all have that voice and we get to choose whether to listen to that one or whether to listen to the one that says it's time to go, right. It's time to get up off the mat of life and, and fight some more, man. And, and at the end of the day, you know, these days are going to pass anyway. So how you spend them matters. And, you know, for a lot of people, man, I, I watch people in the world just going through life. Like they have so much time. That's the biggest thing that bothers me. I, I see people and I, I used to be there, you know, I think we've all been there. Right. And then I, I have younger brothers and siblings, you know, it's, it's like, you get frustrated because I'm like, Hey, I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. And that's probably the wrong approach because the only reason I was able to get outside of it was by going through those experiences myself. But I, you know, my hope is that I can be some sort of, uh, you know, give, give the insight, you know, pass that along. And sometimes I guess it works. Other times it just leaves me frustrated, but yeah. Yeah. Experience is, uh, is an interesting thing, man. You know, I used to, I used to wonder, man, when I was 25 or 30 years old, you know, I would think, you know, when older people would say to me like, yeah, wait until you're this age or wait until, and, and I, I always, you know, you can't have that perspective until you actually get to that age. Uh, and I, and I often tell people that are, you know, younger than me that I get the opportunity to mentor, like, man, look forward to getting old because, you know, you feel like you get exponentially calmer and wiser, right? With every year. And that's all subjective too, based on how much work you're willing to put in to understand and educate yourself more. Uh, but for me, man, that's how it's felt. You know, I, I, I don't want to say I, I get excited about getting older, but the wisdom that comes along with that, the people that you're able to meet, uh, for me, Experience. you know, I was in, I was in powerful, uh, you know, positions as a young guy. Right. And so I now realize looking back then I often wondered, I thought that people were looking at me weird, uh, when I was, you know, in my late twenties in meetings with people that were twice my age in corporate America. But I look back at it now and I think like, you know, I look at people who are in their twenties that are working with us. And, and I think to myself, well, no wonder they looked at me like that, right? That there's just a lack of, it's not a lack of talent. It's not a lack of intelligence, but to your point, a lack of experience that gives you the perspective to really be able to see things super clear. And uh, it's not a knock on anybody that is younger. It's, it's just a fact that as you get older, man, the wisdom really multiplies uh, through life experience. And, you know, for me, that's been incredibly valuable on my journey to getting where I am now. Time is an incredible equalizer. Mm -hmm. um, I was at the Entree Leadership Conference here probably two months ago now. And uh, George Bush was one of the speakers, right? Uh, George W. Bush. And one of the things he said that really stuck with me, and it made me shift my own perspective on my own career and some of the things that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, some of the challenges that we deal with, 
you know, he had a pretty challenging presidency, right? 9-11, all kinds of things. He was deeply criticized for a lot of things. And he said, you know, during this interview, he said, you know, I never really worried too much about how people judge me during my presidency, because I knew that time would be the greatest equalizer, that people would be able to look back and see my decisions with a lot better perspective than they could in that moment. I think that's an interesting way to look at life, right? Where, you know, in that moment, there's a lot of emotions tied up in whatever it is that you're dealing with or fighting through or whatever. But when you look back at it, uh, it all seems to make sense. It all gets a lot clearer and it all gets, you know, less judgmental, less emotional, all of those things kind of clear. And you just get the result. You just get the progress. You get to analyze it for what it really is, as opposed to what you feel it is in that moment. I wonder if Bill Clinton would say the same thing. Um, <laughs> an now, interesting conversation. Let's get him on here and ask him. <laughs> Could you imagine? I, I don't think somebody like that would do like a, a podcast of, of, you know, any type of uh, randomness or, you know, uh, it would be so scripted and buttoned down. Controlled questions, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's to me, it defeats the purpose of a podcast. It's, I saw that uh, Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a podcast and it's like, it, like, how do you even call that a podcast? It's, it, that's a talk show. That's, that's teleprompters. There's a production crew. They're wearing makeup. They've talked, they have talking points. They know exactly what they're going to say. The risk is way too high for either one of those guys, especially the, you know, the former president of the United States to say something off kilter, you know what I mean? To affect his reputation and everything. So I don't know. It's, I, I love this type of stuff where, you know, you can just have those random types of thoughts and be honest and, you know, talk about whatever the hell's coming up. But no, no doubt, man. Me too. Um, I think this is the future, not, not the canned stuff. Nobody wants to hear that stuff anymore. Yeah. Now I, I did want to get your opinion on something that I haven't talked about on here. Cause we, we had a little back and forth on this, the Simone Biles uh, scenario. And I, I think a lot's actually happened since we had a conversation about this. She had, came back, ended up competing in, on the beam. But you had a really interesting take on this. And, you know, I think you were somewhat similarly to me, like I'll never give somebody criticism for making a decision. Like I, I'm not you, you can make it whatever decision you want. And you should make, if you don't feel you're in a healthy position to go out and compete in that scenario, you probably made the right choice by withdrawing from an event. I have no issue with that. My problem's more with like society's response to the fact that like that now becomes the headline and it almost felt like, Hey, we should create a whole new medal just for this. And people forgot about all the other athletes that had trained really hard and were still prepared to compete. And that's where the focus should have went. And like, I, I don't know, just it, that kind of was what gave me a little bit of a rub, but you had a good perspective on this. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, man, what what I really uh, what what I really took exception to was not her decision at all. You know, like like you said, you know, who are we to judge what an individual is going through? Uh, but I I take exception, man, to just kind of how that message was delivered. You know, if if someone is having uh, issues that uh, make it risky or or dangerous for them to compete. I think that, you know, that should be really the, the explanation, just a straightforward, you know, I don't, I don't feel safe doing this. And I think that what happened to that, and this is pretty typical in today's world is that, you know, she, she didn't deliver that. She delivered it more from a, you know, generalized uh, mental health or needing space, needing some mental space type of thing. And so uh, as normal, the press and other people really, you know, kind of ran to that and, and created this celebration around, you know, this idea of her withdrawing or quitting this competition. And so for me, I think that it's a very fine line and it's a very dangerous uh, thing to, to put something out there like that. And to your point, create celebration or making someone a hero for uh, a either an injury or somebody withdrawing or quitting a competition. And I think that, you know, so often in today's world, man, we want to lift people up for doing these things that give other people an excuse to do something too. And, and I'm not saying 
that what she did was an excuse. I'm saying we have to be very careful with the examples that we put out there for our children that don't necessarily understand everything that's going on. And so uh, I just had this conversation with someone yesterday and I said, so for example, if your daughter is watching these Olympics and this person's daughter was also a gymnast and she goes into one of these competitions and the pressure gets pretty heavy, which it does in some of these athletic competitions, right? Isn't that, if, I mean, that's the point of why it's so prestigious to win a gold medal at the Olympics, right? It, exactly. And so, you know, you use any sport, you know, the, the kicker uh, is it's, you know, fourth down and with three seconds left in the fourth quarter, and the kicker decides that he's unable to go out there and make the kick. And so I think that it's, it's very subjective and it's not something that should be celebrated. I don't know her condition. I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be one, but at the end of the day, I think, as you said, she is entitled to make the decision that she makes. I don't have any issue with the decision that she made. I have an issue with, people ultimately lifting her up and celebrating that as if it's some kind of uh, award that she should win for being brave enough to remove her from the competition. When in all reality, uh, if she had to remove herself from a competition, I feel like that's something serious and people shouldn't be talking about it in a way that glorifies um, something that's a real issue. Well, and so I mean it, it's society that has the issue that wants to, make a news headline out of everything uh, and make it okay or make it comfortable for people to do anything that they choose and justify it in some way, shape or form. And so it's not a knock on Simone Biles. It's a knock on how everybody uh, handles it, how everybody kind of runs to defend something that they have no knowledge or ability to understand. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's a societal thing. And it's, to me, it's, it's no different than any other issue that's going on. Right. Like, and that's, and it's, it's, I think manufacturing a lot of dissent amongst people who otherwise wouldn't have any problem with each other. You know, like I have zero issue with anybody's choice to do anything, whether that's to step out of an Olympic event because you don't feel safe or in the right headspace, or you want to change your gender, call yourself a cat, dress like a fuzzy or a furry or what are those things that walk around Pittsburgh once a year, the furries. Yeah right? Like you can do whatever you want. This, that's the beauty about living in America to me is that we've got this great place where everybody can be their own individual self. And, you know, that's awesome. But we came to this place where all of those individual differences that kind of make us unique sometime, I don't know what, in the last 10, 10 years, 15 years, people found currency in exploiting their need for, I don't know, need for something, right? And it's like, hey, being able to just do it isn't enough now. It needs to be celebrated. Everything needs to be celebrated. And it's it's gone to the point where like being a failure is being celebrated. It's, it's just like you, all the things that we used to celebrate have zero meaning at this point because we want to celebrate everything else. And I feel like not celebrating something doesn't mean that you don't feel like it should exist or that people can't do it, you know, and, and that's, that's what it's become. If I don't celebrate it now, I'm anti this, you know, I don't celebrate trans people. I'm anti trans. It's like, that's no, not the case. I have no problem with that. You do whatever you want. I, and I honestly really don't care. And I hope yeah. nobody else does. Yeah, man. I, I think it's, you know, society as a whole is, is entirely too sensitive, you know, and, and uh, we were talking the other day about this. I place massive value in my life on the ability to have conflict with people, like to have real conversations and real disagreements that can be respectful so that I can wrap my head around somebody else's perspective and why they feel a certain way. It doesn't mean that we're going to leave that conversation agree, you know, changing our opinions, but it means that we can embrace the conflict and have a conversation with somebody that has a completely opposite opinion or perspective and, and be able to do that without, you know, blocking somebody on social media or, you know, yelling at somebody or punching somebody in real life or whatever it is. It's like, man, you know, genuinely, I talk to a lot of people every single week and I genuinely believe that 
the mass majority of people in this world, they really want the same exact things. Mm -hmm. And how we get there, we might have different ideas of, man. But at the end of the day, you know, I believe, man, we were all uniquely made by the same creator, right? And at the end of it, we're all going to the same place. And so this idea of separation by whatever it is, rich, poor, Republican, Democrat, mask, no mask, vaccinated, non-vaccinated, it's, it's all marketing that's being put into our brains on a repeated news cycle or a social media feed that is go to your corners, now fight. And it, it is rotting our society to not be able to have opinions, to be afraid to say something when, you know, and I, I said this to a lady who I didn't know who was on my podcast when I discussed this Simone Biles thing. Dude, I'm, I'm open to a conversation with anybody and anybody that knows me knows that I come from a place of care and compassion. And, you know, I genuinely care about people at a high level. And, you know, anybody that doesn't believe that, I don't really give a shit, to be honest, because you don't know me and you, who are you to judge me, right? At, you know, at the end of it, I'm not going to dislike you because you don't believe me. It just doesn't bother me because at the end of it, we are all put here to make each other better, to serve each other, to help each other, uh, and to hopefully make this world a better place. And I think that these people that want to go to their corner and fight all the time uh, are, are going to learn that their lives are just never going to be fulfilled by that, right? Versus if you actually genuinely care to listen to your quote unquote enemies, the people that oppose you, the people that have difference of opinion, man, you're going to have such a healthy, unbelievable life by being able to sit there with those people that you just massively disagree with and listen to their perspective and go on about your business because nothing bothers you then, right? And that's kind of where I'm trying to get to in my life is, you know, I read books that are written against things that I disagree with in hopes that I can find something in there to be you know, better understand what these people are thinking to uh, have sympathy or empathy for these people in the way that they think. Because at the end of the day, man, we're all here together and we got to learn how to coexist. And it doesn't happen by not being able to talk about topics like this without hurting somebody's feelings, right? And that's what happens in today's world, man. You take a position on something and you instantly become the enemy or you instantly become a bad person because you know, you, you, you don't have the same opinion as somebody else who has a bigger uh, megaphone than you do. And that, that is just not the way that society is going to be successful together. It's not the way that we win. And it's certainly not the way that we live uh, extremely fulfilled lives. No, not at all. It's, it's, you know, I, we, I probably talk about it way too much on here, but it's to me, social media has, there's so much to gain. There's so much benefit leveraging the ability to connect with people all over the world, you know, but it's unfortunately it is given a megaphone to absolutely everyone. And it's, you know, I, I don't know it, the, the cost versus the, you know, what the benefit has been on it is to me, I think the the verdict is still out sometimes, but you know, yeah, I, when you I'm, think about what you were saying, man, like it, you think about how the conflict has happened over the last 10 years, let's use that as an example. Well, dude, social media is pretty much new in that time frame. So like the ability for people to communicate with each other via these new mediums that didn't exist, you know, that's going to go to an extreme and it's going to counteract itself. Uh, I use this example all the time, man, there's been 2008, 2012, 2016, 2020 were the only elections in the history of the world that have had social media influence. That's, you know, presidential elections. That's not a lot of time, man. That's not a big sample size for how this is going to impact history long-term. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I've been thinking for the last 10 years, like how we're going to have to change how we elect people and do things like securing our vote. Like I, I didn't know how, but I was like, 
technology is growing way too fast and it's, it's going to outpace our ability to keep it secure. And I feel like we already have doubt. And once you have doubt, that's all that you need. You know, it's just <laughs> no doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. No. So I, I want to get back to, you know, your journey. So did, did you have a coach or anybody that, you know, helped keep you on track? Because that's, again, to me, the hardest part about getting from point A to point B over a 10 year period. I mean, it's one thing to be able to even have that moment of clarity where you're able to, for whatever reason that day, tell yourself, I'm going to make a change and to then go down that path. But to stay on that path for 10 years, I mean, I don't know if you had moments, I'm imagining you probably had moments where you, you know, veered off course from time to time, but did you have somebody that helped keep you on that path or, you know, were you really kind of just doing it on your own? Yeah. I've always put a massive amount of value, man, on mentorship, you know, so I've always, you know, been seeking out, you know, that advisement. I never had necessarily a formal coach until a handful of years ago. Uh, but all through that time, man, I was always a person, even before that, even before I kind of had that wake up call, I've always, you know, sought mentorship from people. I've always been interested in the wisdom that older people had. I've always been, you know, in some way, shape or form, a reader or listening to, you know, what used to be audio CDs. Now we listen to podcasts and YouTube or whatever, but, you know, always been a person that was seeking out knowledge. Um, And I think that, you know, between the mentorship that I received from various people, whether it be, you know, some of the people that I worked for and with in corporate America or the people that I met along the way that were business owners that I would sit and pick their brain or schedule time with, Um, I think that, you know, that path gets clearer as we seek information, you know, like what we actually want. Well, how do you know what you want until you talk to enough people to see what's really out there? And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, I, I came from a small town, you know, uh, one of the poorest counties in Pennsylvania, Fayette County. And so what was possible to me you know, really evolved over a long period of time, right? Like, you know, and what I look at today, what I think is possible versus what I thought was possible two years ago, three years ago is completely different. And so, you know, for those people out there that that might be listening, trying to figure out, you know, that path of what you follow to get there, mentorship is a key to that. But mentorship has a lot of different definitions. You know, when people ask me who my mentors are now, I say, you know, there's a lot of them, but most of them come out of books, right? And some of them are not here anymore. They just left their wisdom behind that we have the ability to read and digest and study. Uh, But, you know, those people that write books or have YouTube channels or have podcasts, you know, you really have the ability in today's world to connect with people in ways that have never been possible in, in the history of mankind, right? And so if you don't use those tools to your ability to, to every, in every way that you can, you are missing out big time because there's so many tools out there. And so for me, I think, man, to answer your question directly, it was a wide variety of things because from that point, if I think back to 2009 and then the path forward, that is really when I started like putting the pedal to the metal of seeking out wisdom and seeking out those things that were, you know, that I didn't understand and really starting to study, you know, I was, I was not really that interested in college, right? Like, you know, I was pretty much when I left high school, I was like, dude, this is, I don't need more school. But now I'm more interested in education than I ever was at any point in my life, right? I'm more into books, I'm more into podcasts, I spend tons of time and money investing into those things so that I can learn. And if somebody's out there listening to this and they're maybe in that place and they're trying to figure out, you know, where to go, my recommendation is pick a couple of people, you know, do a lot of research on those mentors that you really want to spend time with, or you want to spend time studying. Uh, For me, some of those are John Maxwell, Ed Milet, um, you know, uh, the Bible is a great one for me. You know, I read that all the time, but getting wisdom into your mind, into your soul will replace all of those things that you currently think negative thoughts. Eventually, your mental diet will become your mental perspective, right? It will become what you actually believe. So 
you know, I, I just had this conversation with a guy that I coached today. I asked him, what is your emotional default? So if something happens in your life, if the shit hits the fan, where do you go? Do you go to worry and concern or fear? Or do you go to confidence and you, you understand how to respond? Uh, you're calm under pressure. That emotional default, just so everybody knows, you know, you probably get programmed one of those when you're a kid, right? If you're in a situation with parents that are, you know, they overreact to everything, you're probably going to overreact to some things. If you were a kid that didn't get a lot of uh, care and compassion when you were a kid, that's probably going to affect your emotional default, right? But here's the good news is I am living proof of the fact that you can reprogram that emotional default because in 2009, when I was sitting there, not knowing where to go, my emotional default, very different than what it is today. And it came from putting in the work every single day, keeping the promises to myself of what I was going to do and how I was going to do it and how I was going to get there, telling other people what I was going to do to hold myself accountable, right? And just doing that over and over and over again. I think people think, man, that it's so complicated. And if you're in that place, it might seem like that. Uh, but I can tell you, being a person who's been there and lived it and is now living a life that I just said a few minutes ago, uh, that is literally like a dream to me, that I get to wake up every day and do exactly what I always wanted to do. It is nothing but a matter of making the right decisions. That next decision that you make that's correct puts you one step closer to the life that you really want. And it's just one foot in front of the other. And when you tie together a bunch of wins, you know, in the planner that I use, there's a W and an L at the bottom of the page. And after every single day, I circle one of those and I'm honest with myself. Did I leave it all on the field today or did I not? Did I accomplish the things that I needed to accomplish or did I not? And I could go back in my planner, man, and show you those weeks and months where I put, where I chained together a bunch of W's are the months that actually changed my life. You can look 60 days after those months where I won a lot, where I had a lot of days that were winners and the results that I got in business and life and my marriage with my kids, they were all impacted by the work that I did day after day after day to put together those days that created the life that I have now. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And I think it's, it is, it's stacking things, right? It's, it's the consistency. It's getting up and making your bed every morning, so to speak, you know, but it's really cool. Yeah. I say, dude, I, you know, I do a podcast every morning at 8am and I would say a lot of days, I should probably start keeping track of how many days it is, but there's some moment in the morning between four 30 when I wake up and eight o'clock where I think to myself, I don't want to do this today. Yeah, I think people don't realize that even the most savage minded people like I think David Goggins, right? Like you can go to David Goggins's page, you can watch one video and you're ready to run through a brick wall. But I would tell people go look through what he's posted because every once in a while you'll come across a post where it's like a picture of his sneakers. And he's like, I sat here for a half hour and looked at my shoes because I didn't want to run. Or I sat here and knew that I needed to stretch and I sat here for an hour. And it's, I mean, it's hard to even get your head around the fact that that guy has a, any moment in his life where he's not motivated to do things, but he's being brutally honest. And I think that it's important for people to realize that even when you're being successful, you can have those moments of self-doubt and that's not an excuse to give up or to change the course, but you've just got to fight to overcome that it's it's like whether no different than running right it's like how do you keep running you know you just put one foot in front of the other i you know okay i'll be done here quickly i'll be done here quick just tell yourself over and over whatever it's got to do to, to help get you through it but yeah i think those conversations with yourself will always exist i think i actually just said this this morning on my podcast those conversations will always exist man it's how long they last that changes hmm that's so true. That's so true. Wow. You know, if you get more mentally tough, you overcome that adversity time after time after time, it takes you less time to recover. 
you know, less time that you'll listen to the bullshit story you're telling yourself that's holding you back from doing whatever it is. Dude, this morning I woke up and I was like, man, as soon as my alarm went off, I'm like, dude, I do not want to get out of bed, right? I, I woke up, I got my littlest dude laying in bed next to me with his foot in my ribs, right? I'm like, I did not want to get up because I probably didn't sleep well because his foot's probably been in my ribs for hours and I just didn't realize it. And I woke up and I'm like, got to get to the gym, man. I promised myself 160 days straight and that's what I'm going to do. And that is, you know, that conversation didn't last more than 10 seconds, right? I lay in bed for 10 seconds. I shut the alarm off and I roll over and I get out of bed. And that's how it goes, man. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's routine that programs all of us to, to whatever level is possible. You know, I, I say all the time, I believe the level of discipline that you're able to exhibit in your life is the percentage of your potential your God-given potential that you will actually be capable of reaching because without discipline, you have nothing. And so for me, that morning routine, that, that 4.30 to 8 o'clock window, that is my time, man, where I can make me better. And at 8 o'clock, it shifts to, you know, doing my podcast, serving other people, running my companies, being on calls, all that stuff. So it shifts. But if I don't wake up at 4.30, how am I going to get all that done? And so then I'm either, if I don't wake up at 430, I'm either stealing from my family. I'm stealing from my businesses. I'm stealing from my wife, right? I'm stealing from my kids. So I choose to sacrifice that time in the morning when nobody's awake, where I can get all those things done. I can check all those boxes and I can keep those promises to myself that if I didn't wake up that early would be inconsistent. I wouldn't be able to keep those promises because something would come up. Yeah, it's important too, because I think I was of the mindset for a number of years. I, I, I had this conversation yesterday, actually, um, with a previous podcast. I was always into fitness and then business came along and business took over my life and it became my focus and my only focus outside of my family. And I can't fault myself for that, but I got to a point where I started to realize that I probably wasn't the best version of myself because I actually had lost something that I, I thought was maybe, oh, it's going to take away time. And so it's actually, you know, yeah, I'd love to do it and I'd be in better shape and I'd feel better, but it's, it's going to sacrifice my productivity and being able to get things done. And that's selfish. And, you know, it was probably more an excuse to not have to do the hard work. But what I found was, getting back into a routine while it, yeah, took hours out of the week, it actually gave me time back. It made me really appreciate my time more. It made me account for my time better. It made me more of a planner. It made me stick to my schedules. And I've become more efficient over the last few months of really getting back into the, to the gym. And I've done jujitsu and other things, you know, somewhat regularly, but really getting in and, and pushing myself into a regular routine, whether it's just going and getting on a rower or sitting in the sauna for active recovery or whatever it is, but just getting up and doing it and forcing myself to do it. I'm a better version of myself. And that translates over everything. I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better business partner. I'm a better, you know, you name it, a better podcaster. And it, and it wasn't necessarily what I thought initially, you know, so. Yeah. How you show up matters, man. And the more consistent you get, um, my buddy, Ben Newman says standard over feelings. You know, if you can show up the same, regardless of how you feel, you're going to chain together a lot of wins in life, man. And, and so don't let, you know, the way that you feel in a moment dictate the way that you feel in the next moment, you get to choose that. You get to choose how you feel, no matter how bad you feel. That day in 2009, uh, when I felt worthless and, you know, like nobody would even care if I wasn't here, I got to choose my way out of it. And, and that is a choice that we get to make every day. If you're in a bad mood, you get to choose not to be. And it's a powerful choice that I don't think enough people recognize or use the power of in their own lives. They just... They just get stuck in that rut 
And in some cases that rut turns into a grave, man, because they stay there too long and they dig them, dig themselves a bigger hole. And, and it is all the way that they look at it and choose to show up. And if you choose to be that person that, you know, sits there and thinks about all the negative things, I just said this to somebody yesterday, you know, one of my buddies has gone through some stuff in his life. Right. And I said, and, and it happened to him when he was a kid, but now it's kind of coming back up. And I said, how did you make it before all of this stuff kind of bubbled back up in your life? Well, I didn't think about it. I said, all right, so look into the future. How are you going to be successful again? Cause we both know that's going to happen. You're going to be dialed in and successful and crushing it again. What does that look like? Well, I'm probably not going to think about it. So now we understand where we need to get to, right? We got to process this, put it in the place that it belongs in our life and get back to work, man, because we've all got stuff. We've all got a bag of stuff and I don't downplay anybody's stuff or the level that it is, you know, the spectrum of trauma and things that happen to us in our lives is all different, but the solution to that trauma uh, is the same every time. And it's that you can't operate with that in the front of your mind all the time, uh, or it will own you, right? Those thoughts will start to own you and that will become the pattern of how you live. You get to choose that. And, and everybody listening, man, you got to choose wisely. You got to get around people that also choose wisely because those people around you, they say you will become the five people closest to you. That is real, man. And, and the more you surround yourself with those people that are leveling up your thinking, that are stretching it, that are bringing positive perspectives to things that could be possibly negative things in your life, you're going to look back and realize like, man, how did I get here? That's how I look at my life now. I'm like, man, from that place that I was in to where I'm at now, how did I end up getting here? And it was not just me, man. It was a lot of people along the way that mentored me, that picked me up when I was on the mat of life, that helped me, that encouraged me. Uh, my wife believes in me more than I believe in myself, right? And if you choose those people in your life that have that mentality and are always looking to push other people forward and to lift other people up, you will find yourself making the right choices of how you're going to feel in the next moment way more often. That's great advice. I know you've got other things that you do as far as like providing this out I, with the pavement group, you've got top contractor school, right? Yep. So where can people go to find that and can maybe give a little bit of insight as to kind of how you're helping? Cause I know there's a lot of people on here uh, who probably are in the trade industry or maybe even considering. I yeah. Yeah. So top contractor school uh, is, you know, an educational platform. It's live coaching calls. Uh, we've got events that we hold a couple times a year um, that are, that is literally just to pour into contractors and kind of give them a look inside what it's like to grow and scale a business in 2021 and beyond. And so, you know, we, we focus on the things that really uh, grow a business. We're, we're expanding the offering now, to include kind of the field side of things. But really right now we're, we're focused heavily on uh, sales, marketing, leadership, social media. How do you get yourself out there? How do you become better known? Uh, we teach people how to launch podcasts, things like that, you know, that, that really help them be able to step into a business uh, and grow it to any level. You know, we've got people that over the last handful of years have grown their business by four times over. Right. And, it's, uh, it's incredible, man, to, to get to interact with these people, watch the impact they're able to have, you know, with their own employees and beyond that within their communities and things like that. And, uh, you know, from the standpoint of top contractor school, we teach a lot of extremely valuable information, but the biggest benefit of that company is the community of people that are attached to it. And, and I, I say this humbly being the person that's responsible for putting top contractor school together. Uh, there is no way, man, that, that I put all of these people in the same place. That was 100% guided by something bigger than me because I am uh, blessed beyond measure, man, to have the people in top contractor school and in that community that are, you know, not just committed to learning themselves, but so obsessed with helping other people. And so that's the, the community that we've been able to build. I, I don't think exists anywhere else in construction uh, of just being able to 
put together a group that repeatedly outperforms exceptional performances year after year after year uh, and does it the right way, right? You know, the construction industry has a reputation that's all over the board. Uh, and this group is really committed to, you know, raising that standard and redefining what people think of contractors. That's really cool. That's really cool. And the website for that? Yeah, it's just topcontractorschool.com. Uh, you can check it out there. Uh, easy to find content that we put out or things that we're doing in the program. If, you, if you're an Instagram person or actually any platform, my handle is realbrianhess, so R-E-A-L b-r-i-a-n-h-e-s-s um, and you can find you can get directed to anything that i'm doing from that platform yeah you're still doing uh are you on clubhouse is that where you do the breakfast of champions uh thing in the morning i hear you doing all the time yeah man three days a week we've got breakfast of champions uh and it's you know that that thing continues to grow just incredibly this morning we had ben newman grant cardone both uh in the room this morning talking about leadership and different things that are going on so we have tons of celebrities uh tim story david Meltzer, uh my buddy glenn lundy started this thing uh with a handful of us back in january and it is it has continued to grow there's thousands and thousands of people that come through that room every single day uh, i'm on there right now three days a week um, and we'll see, we'll see where that goes, man. It's a, it's a busy schedule to keep up with, but uh, I try to do my best to put myself out there as often as possible. Yeah. You do a good job of it. And I, I think again, the insight and the advice that you've provided me and that I know you provide other people, it's practical. It's always based off of an experience. And I think you've always done a good job of framing that up and being like, Hey, you know, like here's why what I'm saying is important and you should pay attention to it. And there's so much advice that's out there. And some of it's probably really good, but it's, you know, it's never accompanied by a reason or a justification as to why it's worked for you or why it may work for somebody else. And I think that's important to me. It's a gauge to a, like, okay, does this person even like, where are they coming from with what they're sharing with me? Because there is a lot of bullshit out there. And a lot of people that just want to sell snake oil or just, you know, collect, you know, send me your Venmo or your, your, your cash app and wire me a thousand bucks and I'll give you some advice. Right. And there's a lot of desperate people out there, which is why I really hope that if any of those people are listening to this and, you know, I told, I was telling you how cool it is. It's like looking, um, on this new app that I have, it's kind of like aggregating where all the listeners are from and just seeing it continue to expand. It's like, there's a centralized hub of people who, you know, obviously it's family, friends, and, you know, people that you know from your location, but then you see it like trickling out and all these little dots and then the, the people in other countries, but I don't think it matters where they're at. And it's like, if I don't care if you're in Belarus or wherever the, the hell these people are at, it's like, you can just take one step and put it in front of the other and you can get to wherever your destiny is ultimately going to take you. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I, I love, you know, my favorite thing about doing these interviews is, you know, reaching new people that I've never met in my life and, you know, having the ability to connect on Instagram. And uh, if anybody out there, you know, wants to send a DM, man, I get back to all of them. There's nobody that, you know, does that for me or anything like that. Uh, man, I just love to interact with people and hear their stories. And, you know, to your point, be able to share something that, you know, if, if I've gone through a tough time, man, and I can save somebody else from going through that same tough time, or I can accelerate, you know, somebody being able to win faster or win bigger uh, with something that I did incorrectly or something that I did right that might work for you, that's, that's kind of, you know, what, what gets me up and out of bed in the morning, man, is, is that ability to push things forward and just see, you know, what is actually possible, you know, and, and that is, for me now in my life, it's like, all right. So I've made it to this point where, you know, to be honest, as a kid, I've probably exceeded what I thought was possible. And, you know, now it's like, I just said this to my mom, like a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, she asked me, you know, if I was, if I was, you know, looking to, if, if I thought somebody was impressed with something that I did. And I said, mom, I don't really think about that anymore. I'm too focused on impressing me, trying to impress me. You know, I, I don't, I don't feel that need necessarily to uh, go out there and do it for anybody else anymore. Of course, I'm driven by my family and I'm driven by, 
you know, providing for my kids and that, that security and stability. But at the end of the day, man, if it's, if it's something, you know, that you can focus on that you can just feel good about impressing yourself. Uh, I feel like that is the greatest fulfillment that you can have. Wow. I think it's a good place to end this. <clears throat> I appreciate it, man. This is uh, it was a good conversation. And again, I think your, uh, your insight is very valuable and I'm sure people will take a lot from it. Make sure everybody goes and checks, uh, checks out your page and uh, I'll be seeing you probably tomorrow morning. So appreciate it, man. Sounds good. Today's, brother. today's Friday, isn't it? I've lost my damn mind, Brian. I'll see you on Monday. Sounds good, bro. I'll meet you here tomorrow if you want. Okay.